Hello, and welcome to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. With your host, Kenneth Bocor. This is episode 33, recorded on January 14th, 2022. This episode of the EV Revolution Show is sponsored by File Sanctuary. Need a great web host for your business? Need to get email at yourdomain.com? They provide professional, feature-rich web and email hosting for any project you have in mind. Get started today at filesanctuary.net forward slash cloud and save 10% with promo code EVREVSHOW. All right, and thanks for tuning in to this edition of the EV Revolution Show audio podcast. As you heard, my name is Kenneth Bocor, your host for uh, an, my first audio podcast of the new year. Happy New Year to the listeners out there. I hope everybody has a good and safe 2022 as we continue to try to spin up the globe back to some form of normalcy. We'll get there eventually, folks. Well, today, uh, because we're in the heat of uh, the heat slash cold now of winter, I should say, uh, especially here where I'm based in the Toronto, Canada area, and I get a lot of calls and people talking about, gee, are EVs good in the winter? I mean, can you actually drive them? Can you use them? All that kind of stuff. So I wanted to reach out. And as you folks know, I always try to get smart people to talk to me for uh, 20 minutes or so. And I've got Mr. Rob Barossa. He's the Senior Director and of Sales and Marketing for Electrify Canada. Hello, Rob. How are you? Good, Kim. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. And this is, again, as I said off the top, this is a, a common question that I get quite a lot. And I'm sure that you guys get that as, as a main provider of charging uh, infrastructure here in Canada. And uh, I, I know you have a home-based program as well that you've got offering. So that's great. So it's certainly um, a good topic to talk about at this time of year. And before we get into that, I just wanted to quickly, since I had you on the line, ask about some updates from Electrify Canada. I know you guys have been really busy in looking to expand the network and do things. Can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah. So today we've got uh, 30 stations now operational uh, in the in the west and the east. Uh, we have two final locations that are just about ready to get energized. We're working with the utilities there to uh, finish up. But uh, the last one in the, in the West is Revelstoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's under Beautiful quite a bit place. of snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, exactly. I saw some pictures just recently and uh, they've got quite a bit of snowfall there, but uh, we're still working through that. So we're, we're anticipating that to get energized uh, very soon here. Uh, and then in Sherbrooke uh, in the in the East. Uh, so that'll bring us up to 32 sites in total. And then, you know, as, as we've talked before, we've announced our boost plan for Canada. Uh, we're, we're actually going from 32 stations up to 100 stations. We're going to build a uh, Trans-Canada Highway. So our uh, our development teams are are um, have been working hard securing real estate. And so we're pushing a lot of projects forward. So it's going to be a busy 2022. You're going to see uh, towards the second half of the year, a lot of shovels going in the ground, as we like to say. And uh, a lot of a lot of good work happening to to help drive the the EV the EV movement. That's excellent, Rob. And, and if folks listening are not aware, because I do have a kind of a bit of a global audience that tunes in, Electrify Canada is the Canadian uh, arm of the Electrify America, which is all um, going after the same mandates of building you know cross uh, country infrastructure for electric charging, electric vehicle charging, and you guys are have a pretty well uh, have set the bar from a, from a speed perspective of most of your sites are going to have up to 350 kilowatt capabilities. Correct, Rob? 
Absolutely. Every one of our sites in Canada has up to 350 kilowatt, mm-hmm. dedicated 350 kilowatts, which is uh, very important. Uh, and we've always, you know, looked to the future when we built out our site. So having uh, uh, multiple stalls at any one location. So there's availability when you show up to charge and then the, the speed at which you can charge. So we've always done 150 kilowatt and 350 kilowatt uh, charge rate capabilities at each one of our sites so that um, we only meet the, not only meet the need of today, but also the vehicles that are coming down the road. And we see that across the board, right? Every vehicle now is coming out with 100, 120, mm-hmm. 150, 200 kilowatts of charging speed. Uh, and now the makes and models, right? With the Ford Lightning, the F-150 uh, uh, electric truck and the Rivian and all sorts of other, you know, CUV, SUV type vehicles. It's it's really exciting the the makes and models that are coming and and they need this type of infrastructure that we're putting out. So it's uh it's a fun fun time to be in this space and and working. Absolutely, and you know I know you guys are building a coast to coast network as well, which will be uh, hopefully connected within the next two to three years. I think is the goal as well, Ram. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll look to build out the Trans-Canada Highway. And you talked about the, the Electrify America portion, right? So we know that there's a lot of cross-border traffic, not, not so much right now the last mm-hmm. couple of years <laughs> because of the COVID, the COVID um, pandemic. But but certainly we want to make sure that we build those connectors across the um, Trans-Canada Highway uh, to make the, the connections to the Electrify America route. So you can drive, you know, from more, wherever in North America, right, and get to your destination and do it electric. Absolutely. And as you mentioned as well, those speeds are are becoming more the norm now, the, the ultra fast speeds. We're seeing vehicles, you know, capable of 150 to 250 kind of as coming out of the gate now, you know, so the, the bar has been raised. So to be able to fulfill those vehicles, because we're getting closer to that sweet spot, spot Rob, I think, you know, of, you know, a, a bit more of a gas station like experience in the charging where people can come and go from 10 to 80 and 15, 20 minutes or so, that's, you know, 18 minutes, there's different rates, but being able to handle those type of uh, needs uh, is becoming much more critical in the uh, support of EV adoption. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we did our research early on, really, um, the the time at which it takes to charge was a, was a main blocker for people, right, right to get an electric vehicle. So, um, that's where we focused, and uh, and 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 we and that's where we put our money. And and so far, I think uh, the reception has been fantastic. The utilization we see across the network uh, has been great. And and what's really neat to see is just how far people are driving with their electric vehicles, and and how they're starting to explore. Like, wow, we can really take that vacation. We could take that road trip. And the time difference from a gas power to electric really isn't that different. Um, and so that is just going to continue to increase, increase the, the word of mouth, right? The experience is going to continue to increase. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's what's needed to really drive the transition. Absolutely correct. You know, all those, you hit the nail on the head with everything there. And, you know, I did an East Coast trip last, we did it as a family last August. And it was not um, anything that was cumbersome from a journey. So, I mean, my normal stop is every couple of hours to stop for 15, 20 mm-hmm. minutes anyway, even in a, in a gas powered car. Um, I'm older, so I just need to stretch and, and uh, get some air and then coffee and that kind of stuff. So 
being able to have charging to facilitate that, that 20 minute, you know, my average charge um, in my vehicle was about 20 minute stops. So that's all I needed. So it fit perfectly. You know, I, we had some relatives that we took with us and that was their first time in an EV and they thought, Oh man, this is going to be like five hours more or something like, you know, I've got a diesel, let's just take the truck and go. And I said, no, 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 we can, you know, it's going to be really cheap for me on, on fuel, right. Quote unquote. So uh, and it worked out. It really is, a, you know, the way the vehicles are now coming out with higher charging specs, longer range, you know, to drive two, three, like I, I can't do, you know, four or five hours of straight driving like I used to when I was 18, you know, just kind of get up and go. Um, that the normal is to stop for 15, 20 minutes. So it's not really an inconvenience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're just going to see those charging speeds increase, right? As the battery technology yep. improves, the capacity and the density of the batteries increases, yeah. um, those those rates are going to just increase and, and make it even faster. So yeah. um, we're, we're on the right trajectory. We just got to keep going. And on that note, do you have some future-proof uh, build uh, scalability built into your environment when when that technology does start changing? Yeah, absolutely. We're already working on some, some newer technology in terms of charging mm-hmm. hardware to be able to to maximize the power at any one site. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of our sites too have been built with expansion in mind. So we've we've already plumbed, I would say, a lot of a lot of additional stalls so we can build more availability, more capacity into any one of the locations. Excellent. Love to hear it because you're absolutely right. You know, one of the challenges to, to barriers to adoption is charging infrastructure and, you know, and charging time. So to be able to, you know, minimize though that uh, the impacts of that as much as possible will help get people into EV seats, as I always say, get butts into seats. Now, on that note with charging, then obviously, you know, we a lot of numbers are quoted about charging speeds and times, and those are always based on idea situations, right? Battery packs love kind of like my wife, they love 20, well, she actually likes 30 degree weather, but I like 20 degree C weather, you know, that's kind of a sweet spot for me. So battery packs tend to really thrive in those kind of environments. Now, as we've gotten, gotten, gotten colder here, and certainly anybody in the Northeast of the U.S. or the uh, the Northern states, well, I mean, we're even seeing the Midwest and stuff in the U.S. get cold, but here in Canada, you know, we're coming up to another minus 30 degree weekend here again celsius um how do evs perform then you know are there concerns that ev owners should have with regards to charging in the winter and you know maybe we can start with that charge rate you know you talked about support for ultra fast but what happens when it gets starts getting cold like we're getting to those charging speeds yeah you know uh, ev batteries right they're they're sort of you know generally they perform best in this 15 to 25 degree c uh, temperature range um, uh, for the most part, and as the weather gets colder and the and the vehicle is soaked in that in that cold weather for a while, so the battery pack is actually out in that environment for many many hours and starts reaching those levels. Um, you know how effective it can accept a charge starts to decrease, and so you can you can expect um, basically if you have a very cold car to to get less of a charge rate um, sometimes. Um, 36, 36 or 30 to 40% less charge mm-hmm. rate, I would say overall. Now, automakers, you know, they, they sort of design for all environments, right? So they, they, they test and charge out in those extreme cold environments, as well as in the extreme heat um, to, to kind of, you know, build a car that kind of works for all environments because people are going to use these in different places. Um, and the climate across the year changes mm-hmm. in any way in any one location. Um, so, you know, they've implemented a lot of new technologies um, like preheating uh, uh, so that it uses a little bit of the energy battery to, to get the battery up to that, closer to that optimal condition, maybe not mm-hmm. entirely there, 
but sort of it's that balance, right, of how much energy. And typically, if a car is plugged in um, overnight and it's and it's charging up, um, it can kind of preheat itself to get it, itself into optimal optimal condition. Um, so, you know, generally, I would say, you know, expect lower charging speeds. Um, if your vehicle has the preconditioning um, capability in it, uh, a lot of times when you select a charger. Uh, the vehicle itself will already know that, hey, I'm going to a charging station that I need to charge quickly. So therefore, on its way there, it'll start to preheat the battery to get it into the optimal condition so it can receive the maximum state of charge. So as technology continues to improve, uh, as more of this is kind of the use case is, is learned a little bit better, there's more real-world experience, um, and, and uh, automakers get smarter and smarter about how they can you know, deal with this to help minimize the impact overall. We'll see that getting better. But even today, it's still, it's still not that, I would say, quote unquote, that bad. Um, you know, just expect charging speeds to be a little bit slower. Yeah, that's just the physics, right, of, of how batteries and, and electricity operate together. So, and I think, uh, in case people, listeners don't know, it's the, it's the electric vehicle itself that actually controls the amount of power that it pulls from the EVSC, the electric vehicle uh service equipment did i get that right is that what the s stands for i think so yeah um so it's that it's basically the car says look send me this and and the station just sends them the power so it's basically just a long plug if you want to use that analogy so the vehicle will control what it can pull and as you said the technologies are upgrading and being more uh getting more sophisticated as we go to be able to reduce you know any any length of charge but the average fact is that if you're going to go on a road trip in these you know minus 10 minus 20 or so degree temperatures to plan a little bit longer for your charging times because of what you said so um definitely good advice now you mentioned about plugging the car in overnight and having the ability to precondition and that would be even a good benefit even if you were just on a 110 plug would it not rob yeah, absolutely. It's the same with like, you know, uh, a gas powered car that's sitting out mm-hmm. in a parking lot, right? Sort of have yeah. heater blocks. With a block heater, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so it can turn over in the morning. Every, pub, um, so, every I was just going to say every public parking lot in Winnipeg has got a block heater plug, but anyway, right. <laughs> there's a reason for that, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I think EVs are, are, are no different in that mm-hmm. regard. So um, to the extent you can uh, park indoors, right, that, obviously mm-hmm. that is the, uh, the most optimal uh, condition or at least outside of some of the elements but you know if, uh, what's great about an ev is that you can plug it in and essentially get a full tank of gas uh you know uh in the morning mm-hmm. uh, to go on your way so and it can precondition itself so the car is nice and warm when you get in um, and your battery pack is in the optimal condition um, so it can provide the best amount of range for you as you as you drive your car yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, parking in a garage, if you have that availability, certainly going to help. And I think you you touched upon it, Rob, as far as, you know, also if somebody's going to take a, a longer road trip than than the daily use case, you know, the, they should put a little bit more thought into planning that, correct? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different tools. You know, we have the Electrify Canada app where you can plan out your entire trip so you know exactly where all our charging stations are uh, on your road trip. Uh, and so just just plan accordingly, I would say, um, you know, you, sometimes you're able to kind of leapfrog perhaps the station, but with mm-hmm. the, the colder weather and, and sort of the, the hit on, on range you might receive in your vehicle, you might have to stop at that at that extra charging stop um, or just plan one stop to be there, you know, maybe 10, 15 minutes longer 
uh, to be able to get the charge that that you need to get to your destination. So, you know, use the tools that are available. A lot of our data also gets uh, fed into the um, the head display unit in a lot of uh, OEM vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can also find it there as well as our app. Exactly. And I think that's going to become more co- common practice, is it not, Rob, that your your network will be incorporated into the nav systems of pretty well all, if not all the major OEMs anyway? Yeah, absolutely. Today, today, from a static perspective, you get that mm-hmm. data. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you use our app or if you're integrated or integrated with one of our partners, mm-hmm. um, uh, you can get that dynamic data. So you can right. see if the station is open uh, or how full the station is so that you can plan accordingly as you're as you're arriving at the station. Absolutely. So, you know, some great tips on that, you know, plan the rides. And, and as you, you touched upon the range decreasing, obviously, with the colder temperatures, it's not uncommon to see a 30, 40 percent range decrease, especially when it gets cold like this. Um, so the good thing about your network, as well as that you've staged the current uh, uh, stations that are out there within reach of pretty well all, all main you know uh, EVs that are out there, especially all electrics that have fairly decent sized batteries and up, right? To be able to reach them at that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, mm-hmm. Yeah, when we when we built that site with each, you know, our, our entire network, right? That's one of the things we look at. We look at sort of, you know, what's the, the, the climate effects just throughout the year. So we take that into account. We also look at sort of elevation gains, right? Uh, and, and things like that, make sure mm-hmm. we're taking that into account. Um, so, so we've spaced out the network like that. And that's how we think about what we build out the network. Um, and, and you do get a hit in, you know, just talking about the range a little bit, you do get hit in, in, in decrease in range, you know, sometimes up to 20% mm-hmm. uh, has been seen out there um, in the colder temperatures if the battery hasn't been preconditioned to its, its appropriate range. But, you know, I, I think what a lot of people don't understand, too, is that in a gas powered car in cold weather, you're running, you're not running at the optimal, you know, um, uh, range and so you take a hit on 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 efficiency in a gas powered car. Yeah. So the the mileage uh, in 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 a gas powered car can go down anywhere from ten to twenty percent as well in in very cold climates. So this isn't something that's unique to electric vehicles in terms of limiting a range. Um, I think the electric vehicle, how smart it is, actually displays you know here's the amount mm-hmm. of range you have, very front and center, versus a gas powered car sometimes. You know, that's kind of hidden away. You mm-hmm. just kind of see a gauge and you don't get a real appreciation of, you know, is it, you know, how many, how many less kilometers am I getting um, for the amount of gas I just spent? And so um, I think with electric vehicles, it's just more that data is presented to you in a more insightful way. Absolutely. And we won't even get into the inefficiencies of the internal combustion engine versus an all electric because it's just a no brainer there when it comes to, uh, you know, what's better for you. So to summarize, you know, the cold temperature stuff, you know, be prepared for some of the slower charging speeds. Um, you know, pay attention to if, if you're if your car is outside, you know, you left it outside, it got really cold, what your range could be in that morning when you get up and go that there can be a hit, as you said, 20%, maybe 30%, depending on where you are. Um, a little bit more preparation into planning in these colder temperatures with the ranges and longer trips. If you have the ability to park indoors or or and or plug in so that you can have some sort of uh, utilize the features of the EVs for preconditioning and even just the battery continuing to have some even a trickle charge just to keep itself warmer than it would have without being plugged in 
uh, I think are all good things. Did I miss anything there, Rob, as far as uh, some good cold winter tips uh, for people? No, I think you got the major ones. And I think, and the only thing I would add is, you know, feel free to reach out to Electrify uh, Canada customer uh, call center. Um, they're there to answer your questions. So if you do have general questions in terms of, you know, what's your experience at a station, right? If, uh, if you're not getting the charge rate you thought you should be getting, um, you know, feel free to, to call the call center and, uh, you know, ask a question uh, and they can they can quickly tell you, you know, is it, you know, is it is it because of the cold weather or something else going on uh, and also help you give you, you know, particular tips on on uh, on the rest of your journey. Yeah, it's a great point, uh, Rob. Uh, you know, the technology exists where you guys can go out and look at what's going on at a station dynamically, right, at any point in time and be able to see, well, is there something on our end is, you know, is there something limiting the amount of electricity we can we can push to the car, to the vehicle, or what's going on? Is it something else? So to be able to advise, because that, that can be frustrating for consumers to get there and have an issue and not really know what's what the hell's going on kind of thing, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And we want to make sure we're always, you know, we're providing the right education, the right kind of materials. Um, and 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 then that helps, you know, calm, calm customers out there and then gets them used <laughs> to you know, what to expect as, as they go on their trips. And it, it is, it is something new. It's a little bit yeah. different, uh, but not drastically. Different, right. And so uh, there's just a few nuances we, we all have to get used to, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, with all the the benefits that you, you received, it's, it's, it's hardly much to, to complain about. And one thing I wanted to point out before we wrap this up, I know you're on a time uh, clock here, Rob, and I appreciate it is, you know, that recent story from the Wall Street Journal that there was this uh, major interstate uh, uh, closure, you know, where a lot of traffic was stuck on the highway for 18, 19 hours, uh, about a couple of weeks ago in cold winter temperatures. And they came out with the story saying, well, if you would have had an electric vehicle, you would have froze because it would have ran out of juice. And the reality is that the average car, general combustion car, uh, will use up its fuel in about uh, 20 to 24 hours, I think of the numbers can I've heard. And whereas an EV, even after that like 18 hours, it would have used about eight or 10% of its battery pack uh, just for climate control. Because the climate, once it's up to, to that temperature, it doesn't necessarily use a lot of power to keep it at that temperature. And if you're not blowing 30 degrees C or whatever into the cabin, you're just keeping it maybe at 20 or whatever, 19 to keep it sufficient. It'll last a lot longer, correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the internal combustion engine is just, you know, it's got to keep all those cylinders running. Um, and and, uh, and so it takes a quite a bit of fuel um, to, to keep that engine running and, and, you know, to be able to move at any instant of time. But also then you get the heat from it versus an electric car. When you stop, the car turns off. It's not wasting any energy. Mm-hmm. And so really all you're doing is turning on the energy to for the heat. And uh, and that's now, you know, with the different technologies they put in there for for um uh for heating the car through the seats and things Uh, like that and seat heaters and everything yeah Mm -hmm. yeah. uh it's very efficient so Mm -hmm. it can last you many many hours Mm -hmm. uh and you were actually better off in an electric car than you were in a gas-powered car in those kind of traffic jams absolutely and one last thing i want to uh pun intended put a plug for your home charging solution can you talk uh, for a minute about what you guys have come out there yeah, absolutely. We're really excited. At the end of uh, 2021, we released uh, the Electrify Canada Home Station. Uh, so it's a, a 9.6 kilowatt uh, home station that uh, you know could be both just pluggable as well as hardwired into anyone's home. 
Um, it can adapt to the infrastructure you have in your home. So if you don't have 9.6 kilowatts, but maybe you have a smaller breaker size, you could adjust the settings so that you don't have to upgrade your whole panel. You can just uh, use what you have. And, uh, and it's all Wi-Fi connected. Uh, which is great. So now you can manage and schedule your charging. So um, if you want to, if there, if you have cheaper rates uh, by chance, if you charge overnight, um, you can schedule your charging to happen overnight. So you can, you know, helps you save money just overall in your fueling expense. Uh, and it's all integrated into the Electrify Canada app, which is fantastic. So now all your public charging and your home charging can all be managed in one place. Um, and so it brings a lot of convenience to customers So we can handle all your electric fueling needs from one from one um, one source and where can people get more information on electrify canada Rob? yeah so go to our website electrifycanada.ca uh and uh and there you can find the home station around as well as all sorts of information about uh our public network excellent well i, I didn't know about the integration of the home so that's good to know on the app that i learned something today there you go you're always uh, full of wisdom and knowledge rob rob barroso senior director of sales and marketing but he's really a tech guy you can tell this guy knows his stuff of electrified canada i appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to me today rob yeah it's always always a pleasure ken thanks very much thank you thanks again for listening folks you can email me if you have comments email at ev revolution show at gmail.com follow me on twitter at ev rev show i'm also on instagram ev revolution show and if you uh, have any suggestions for shows please let me know thanks again for listening and please everybody stay safe and until the next time i'll see you when i see you mm-hmm.